Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome back to the Open Mic Podcast. I'm Trevor, and we got D-Chan, Elijah, and Miss Taylor here with us today. And today we're going to be talking about something that kind of seems more difficult that we really should make more simple, and that is glorifying God outside of the church, outside the four walls of the church. So talking about, like, what that looks like, why we should do it. I'll give you one example of a time that I did not glorify God outside the church, and it's probably been more than one time, but it's when driving. I feel like I'm not an angry person. I'm a chill person. I'm laid back. But some of the times I've been the most mad in this life have been driving. And I don't think whenever I get angry driving, I'm reflecting Christ or even glorifying God. But in Scripture, we see so many places, so many times he says, man, whether you're eating or drinking, do it to the glory of God. So I just want to ask all of y'all, why do you think we should glorify God outside of the four walls of the church? Well, I think just for me, as I read it, I I understand that we're supposed to reflect who Christ is. Uh, Christian literally means little Christ. And if that is the, the title we're accepting, the responsibility that we're accepting as we choose to show who Christ is to the world, uh, I, I think it's so important that we that we live that out in our in our character and in our integrity because it's also could be the only version of Christ that other people ever see. They may never pick up a Bible. They may never enter a church. And so they only have us to look to. Yeah, I think I kind of compare it, compare glorifying God to essentially like starting a new relationship. Uh, when you first start a relationship with Christ, you kind of have the same feeling, if not more, in the same way you would have if, let's say, you're trying to date somebody for the first time. You get excited. You want to do things. You anticipate, man, this is how I can make that person happier. This is how I can steward that person's time well. In that same way, I think, as believers, when we come to know Jesus, profess him as Lord and Savior, we should have that same joy in glorifying God in every single thing we do. And also, we see that in Scripture throughout all of history so yeah I also think that's something that is very glorifying to God is consistency I think that when we put our character just in the four walls of the church it kind of demeans like the movement that God has made in our life and so I think that when we really realize like the people are the church like the people that we're around and we're around people all day like whether it's within this building or within our workplace or in school like whatever we're doing I think it's important that that we're consistent in the character that we're exuding, because I think if we're not doing that, then it's like, what character are we really showing? Yeah, and I think it's important to see during Jesus' ministry that no matter what he was doing, whether he was uh, on the mountain for 40 days and he was tempted by uh, Satan, that he glorified God in his words and his response. Um, Whatever he was with people, the way he carried himself, the way he loved, the way he showed uh, mercy for people, is an example of like, man, that is glorifying to God the way Jesus held himself. But also, I think we have to realize that like Jesus set us apart, that he said in the Sermon on the Mount that we are the salt and the light and the earth and that this world is dark and it's a dark place and if there's a bunch of angry drivers, that's not a fun day. But if this is a world where there's not too much light other than us believers in Christ, that we're set apart to glorify God and also reflect Christ like you were talking about, Elijah. So has there been a time in your life, and I'm not saying get too specific, that you've maybe like overthought this idea of glorifying God and reflecting Christ and maybe like not in a way try too hard, but you just didn't think of it as simple as it is? Yeah, I think a misconception I had growing up was like, especially after coming to faith and being in the church realm and campus ministry realm was, man, the only way I can 
possibly glorify God is if I stuck in vocation ministry. Now, God has provided pathways for me to work in vocational ministry, but that is not the only way I can glorify God in vocational ministry. We glorify God in every single thing we do, whether it's our worship, whether it's our work. I think of Martin Luther who said, even the dairy maid can glorify God through milking the cow because that's how God provides milk to the earth. So everything we do, whether we think it is big or not, has some sort of worship imbued into it that God has given to us. So I think that was probably one of my biggest things um, growing up in the faith in in that regard. Uh, I think for me, uh, I moved out. Uh, I moved around a lot growing up, and uh, in in my head, that was the opportunity to each and every time reinvent who I was, how I acted, my my personality to fit the area I was moving to, the this friend group I was joining, and uh, and so for me, as I matured in my faith, as as I realized uh, how to glorify God better in my actions, it was consistency, uh, and I realized that God gave me specific gifts, specific a specific personality, specific interests. And that regardless of who I was with or where I was, that it was God's, uh, God's design of who I was that I was showing to people. And that the mask that I was having at church versus at home versus at school versus at work, and it was all these different uh, variations of myself, essentially, I realized that consistency was the key. Because integrity, whether I'm in private or in person, whether I'm at church or at work or at school, wherever I'm at, I need to be who God has called me to be. And that consistency was, I think, that the best thing to help me grow in glorifying God more. I think the only thing that I ever really struggled with, like, overcomplicating, like, glorifying God was that I thought that it was me. Like, I thought it was something that I was doing. And so I feel like I was just constantly putting in so much effort for something that I was like, man, if I just surrender this and submit this to God, his glory will shine through me. And then that will witness to other people, which is glorifying to him. And I feel like for a long time, it was just a lot of, like, me trying to put in effort, me trying to work for it, thinking that that was going to be glorifying to God when really it was just, one, selfish, but two, I was not surrendered to him in any capacity. Yeah, a misconception that I had growing up, whenever I was growing up, I ser- the only, like, big way I served in church, the only way I really served in church was um, on our worship team. I drummed. And for a long time, I felt like that had no purpose and that, like, I need to do more because that's not glorifying to God. But like you said, Elijah, like God has gifted each of us with special talents that look, my talents look different from Taylor's and they look different from yours. And the talents he's given me is giving me an opportunity to glorify him with it in return. Um, so another thing we all, like you said, D-Chan, it's a big misconception that we can only glorify God if we're working in full-time vocational ministry. And all of us are here at the church uh, in some capacity every day. So like, and we've all worked jobs outside the church. So how in those jobs outside of the church, how does it look like to glorify God and reflect Christ in church places that aren't the church? For me, honestly, I think that any job that I've had outside of High Street has been the most sanctifying in what it looks like to glorify God in my life because you're in a consistent state of being around non-believers. And so that is when it feels like it's the most important because when I'm inside the four walls of the church, I'm doing something that's not glorifying to him. I know that the people that are surrounding me are going to call that out of me. Whereas when I'm in my job, my nine to five job that is outside of this, and I'm working with a bunch of people who do not know the Lord and I start acting in a way that is not glorifying to him, they are not going to know that that is not glorifying to him, but they are going to know that I'm a believer, and so they're going to apply those two things to the same. Taylor, you once 
you told me a story. She works at Seven Brew Coffee Shop. Hot take. Hot take. A little too sweet for me. I I'm a black coffee, coffee, black coffee guy. But um, <laughs> you told a story once that you, and I think it's such a testament to who you are in reflecting Christ outside of the church, that you were inviting so many people to church, and they like they were coming, that they had to shut down your, your store on Sundays? They didn't have to, but it was a conversation that we had had. Which is awesome to even be in the first place. Tell, tell, tell us that. Uh, it wasn't anything too crazy, but I think that we had just gone to a point that so many people at our stand were coming to know the Lord or were getting hired on and knew the Lord. And so nobody wanted to work Sunday mornings. And so we were struggling to find people who were wanting to work there that were also willing to <laughs> work on a Sunday morning. And so we had kind of gotten to a point where our manager was like, man, do we just like not open until noon on Sundays and like stay closed, which we usually open at 530 in the morning. So that's a huge Boy gap howdy. of time, huge gap of time. And I remember hearing that from her, and I was like, oh, man. Because I think especially when you're in a workplace like that, it kind of feels very, like, dry sometimes. You're like, oh, man, like, trying to share the gospel, but I'm also at work, so I'm trying to do my job. But I'm also just wanting to do my job well, that I'm reflecting to them who Christ is. And I want them to be able to witness to that, and I want that to be glorifying to them. That you don't really notice that it's happening until somebody comes up to you, and they're like, oh, hey, we might have to close the stand until noon on a Sunday. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Chan, you've also worked places outside of the church, and more recently, you worked at a place. How did you reflect Christ? Because you were also serving here a lot. Uh, you were interning. You were working here. Um, what did it look like to you to glorify God and reflect Christ in that space rather than whenever you're working here at the church? Yeah, it is different. Um, I worked at Lululemon. Shout out to all my Lululemon peeps. Um, but working in a secular place, it kind of brings up different challenges, not because at the end of the day, every place, including the church, is ran by humans. So there's going to be challenges in different kind of ways. But within the secular place, it's it becomes more of a how can I live my life above reproach, mm. uh, man? When when if someone puts me right next to three other people, can they see a true difference in the way I talk, in the way I live, in the way I share my faith, in the way I'm bold about? my faith or with people or how, how do I see people, whether it's a customer who I don't agree with or a customer I do agree, agree with, um, it gives me an opportunity every time to live above reproach um, and to hopefully be a witness. Because I think like well, that's probably one of the greatest things we get to do besides our testimony is to just be, to live. I, th I see Jesus in, in scripture. He does life with people. He does life 24 seven and people get to see that. And through that, the hope is curiosity starts growing and hopefully it starts drawing people to offense. I think of like, if you have a neighbor and you're hearing them mowing the lawn, you're just, man, like who's this neighbor? And you keep peeping, you keep peeping, you keep peeping. I'm hoping that through a witness of my life and just through sharing my faith, that to the degree people can come to the fence, look over the fence, and then you can invite them to come to your house. Yeah. I think that's how it's stretched me in that regard. So. Yeah, like you said, life is such a gift unto itself. And, like, the fact that we get to, in this life, that's already a gift, get another gift of getting to reflect Christ. And the fact that he set us apart to be holy and sanctified, to reflect what he's done in our lives, is such a cool thing that we get to do. Now, Elijah, if you don't know Elijah, um, Elijah's first time on the pod, right? Hey, welcome. Elijah was a missionary kid, grew up in a different place. And Elijah, tell us a little bit of what it looked like there, because like you were in a place that it's not really popular or is it, it might be against probably 
the law or yeah so uh for anyone who doesn't know i was a missionary kid grew up in east asia uh what that looked like was the the country we were in was restricted we had to have a work visa that was not church or ministry related at all so we were english teachers uh and while we were there we were there for 13 years uh a lot of the things we would do we we couldn't do what you would do as a missionary other places we couldn't invite people to church we couldn't go out in the street corner and share the gospel uh, we, we couldn't initiate spiritual conversations, and uh, if, if we did that, we could lose our work visa, and we would we'd be kicked out of the country, and so it was a very fine line to walk, and uh, we learned over the years that the best quality to hold uh, that allowed people to come up and ask us questions, in which case we could answer, uh, was irrational love and irrational generosity, and our primary ministry for uh, us as a family, my, my dad had his stuff we, he worked on. And, but me, my siblings, my mom, what we would work on primarily was uh, we, we served at an orphanage in our town. Uh, a lot of the, the kids there had special needs, and so we fostered. Uh, I think we had 17 foster kids over the years. And as we, as we took these kids into our homes and, and we took care of them and we, as we just went through life with them, uh, we taught them English and we were able to teach these kids about God. But not only that, when people saw us, uh, a big family uh, living in the middle of nowhere, with all these kids that were obviously not ours and obviously had disabilities, they were like, why would you choose to take care of these kids? Why would you spend your time, your money, your resources, your, all your effort taking care of these kids that, that aren't worth much according to their societal standards? And it was the perfect opportunity time and again for us to say, we take care of these kids and we love these kids because God loved them. Because he loved us first and this is our opportunity to show their value to them and to others. And so it was just that, that day-to-day example of showing the love of Christ to others so that other people can see the love of Christ. And that's such a beautiful thing because, again, like, like I said, life's a gift, and God gave us each of that with us in mind. And the fact that you were able to take a circumstance that wasn't, like, necessarily pretty in the sense of that people thought that these kids were outcasted um, from their side, they weren't much, they didn't have much value, and you were able to use that to get to share the gospel and share how much God loves them by sending Jesus down to the earth. Um, one of the last questions, it may not be the last, who knows, but maybe the last question. Um, what would you say to someone that maybe has a misconception of they have to be in full-time ministry to glorify God? or Maybe they don't even know where to start, or maybe they're a new believer and they're working in a secular place and they don't know um, the best way to start reflecting Christ. What would you say to that person? I say you start at home. You need because if you're someone who is worried about how you should act or or do I have to do a certain thing, it starts with your understanding of God's word, of his grace, of of his love and what he did for you personally because as we get a deeper understanding of what Jesus did on the cross for us, we get a confidence through his death, life and resurrection that then we can share uh, whatever that looks like, and it's small. Like it, it starts with a conversation. I think at one point a couple of years ago, our theme for the whole church was uh, intentional conversations, and I think that still can be today. It could be the easiest thing to say, "Hey, how's your day?" Uh, and just go a little bit deeper than just your surface levels and sharing Christ through that. It, it's very simple. There is no blueprint. Um, some people have different personalities, so they just you have to understand yourself. But before you understand yourself, you need to understand Christ and what you're trying to portray so that's good I would say that I feel like obviously reading scripture is the place to start I feel like when you really know what God's word says it's a lot easier to know what he's asking of you 
um, the things that he's calling us to, the standards that he's setting. Uh, something that was really practical for me, I feel like in learning this, was uh, just kind of imagining in my mind, I'm like, man, if Jesus were standing in this room right now, like, would I say that thing? Would I do that thing? Would I have that conversation? Would I make that comment? Because um, I think that sometimes, which I know that I struggle with this a lot, like, I'll say something or I'll make a joke, and then I'm like, oh, I shouldn't make that joke like I'm in church. And then I'm like, well, man, like, why is church my standard? Like, why would I make that joke outside of the four walls of a church building? Um, so I think that that, but also I think that it's important to remember, like, especially if you're a new believer, you're learning what this looks like, like, this is a process. Like, it's not something that just one day you're like, oh, I want to glorify God in everything that I do, so I'm going to start today, and then everything that I do, I'm going to glorify God. Like, it's a process. Um, so I think spending intentional time and praying that God will sanctify you, but also that he will call out and show you the areas in your life in which you are not glorifying to him. Because I think that we in our flesh are very blind to those things. And until the Holy Spirit comes in to, to point them out and be like, hey, that area, you need to fix that. We're never going to be able to do it. I think so much also has to do with our attitudes and the way we carry ourselves. So if we come in with the wrong attitude into church, Lord only knows what attitude we're going to have going outside of church. So we really have to have the same attitude as Christ. And it says all over in the New Testament that we should have the same mind as Christ. Man, think of the things which are honorable, true, what are good. And I think that attitude is going to reflect so much um, of our posture and our ability to glorify God and reflect Christ outside of the four walls of the church. And Taylor, I love what you said of like how church, how why did church become the standard rather than, man, I'm a, a Christian. I am following Jesus. That should be my standard. I love that. Well, guys, thank you so much for watching the podcast today. I hope you were encouraged. I hope you were challenged. If you don't glorify God or never even really thought of it, I challenge you today. Uh, find one way you can glorify God and reflect Christ wherever you're at. Maybe you're listening in your car, you're at work, you're with some friends, with some buddies. I encourage you and challenge you that way. We'll see you next time.